Welcome to the Inside Sales Enablement Podcast. Where has the profession been? Where is it now? And where is it heading? What does it mean to you, your company, other functions, the market? Find out here. Join the founding father of the sales enablement profession, Scott Santucci, and trailblazer Brian Lambert as they take you behind the scenes of the birth of an industry. The Inside Sales Enablement Podcast starts now. I'm Scott Santucci. I'm Brian Lambert, and we are the Sales Enablement Insiders. Our podcast is dedicated to asking the big questions that you may be wondering about, especially if you thought something might be wrong or something might not be quite right. And I got to ask, you know, are you getting the value out of sales enablement and are other people seeing the value of sales enablement that you would expect? In this podcast, we're going to into a specific, tangible activity that many organizations are involved in, and that's the sales kickoff. Scott, what do you have for us? We're actually recording this, uh, this episode. This is our episode number five. We're recording it after our first episode has been released. So I wanted to share a little bit of feedback that we've gotten from some of the people who've listened to our first episode. Um, and then of course, I'll let you, uh, let you share some of it too. So one, uh, one of the f- uh, elements of feedback that I've gotten is that folks really like the color, uh, the way that we're describing it and the banter that, that Brian and I have and, 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 and the format. Uh, one of the requests that I got was, hey, you know, the, the background and the history is really important. It's, it's always great to know where we're coming. Can we talk about some more uh, tangible, not tangible, that's not the way that was phrased, uh, more things that I'm dealing with in the trenches right now that uh, will help me be successful. So those are those were two of the feedbacks. What we'd love for you to do is keep sharing feedback with us. Do you agree with that feedback? What feedback would you add to it? How can we improve to make this a better experience for you? Share your thoughts with us on LinkedIn. Call Brian or I, uh, or better uh, email us at engage at insidesalesenablement.com. Brian, what's some of the feedback that you've received? Yeah, I shared this uh, on one of our drives drives home. We tend to call each other uh, at the end of the day when we're driving. (laughs) And uh, one of the things that I was hearing was this idea of, you know, rethinking and, Hey, I hadn't quite thought about that before. So I had somebody shoot me up, you know, shoot me a message on LinkedIn and be like, Hey, that was a great way to think about it. These stories, you know, Galileo really interesting. It made me think differently. So there was this rethinking piece. Uh, what we're going to do today, you and I talked about when you got that feedback with something that, that folks might be more involved in, it's this idea of, of revisiting. So uh, that, that's the second thing that, that I took away. And the third one is uh, both of you, you and I have developed a technique. Uh, and I was at a, a thought leadership conference last week at Stanford. And it has to do with this idea of reframing the problem. And uh, somebody came up to me after the, the event and said, hey, you, you know, the way you're framing this out is completely different because you're actually focused on the customer. So that's the three, Scott, rethinking, revisiting, reframing. And those are basically going forward here, guys, the, the, the three that we're going to go with. So we'll have different episodes where we either reframe something. Uh, today, we're going to revisit sales kickoffs and some research that we did uh, a while back. And then the rethinking piece, which we uh, are, are helping uh, folks move forward in the new way of working and the new reality that they're facing. So talk, let's talk a little bit about um, Scott moving forward here. 
how to revisit and let's revisit sales kickoffs. Yes. So to, to put this into perspective, when we're reframing something, that's giving background or asking you to take a step back. When we're revisiting something, what we're going to do is first, we're going to hold ourselves accountable and break down and critique some of our past reports to eventually critique other people's reports uh, and other people's information and, and revisit uh, some of the research that's been out there. And then the last one here is let's rethink. And today we're rethinking sales kickoffs. So to frame this out, what was interesting is why would, why would you even tackle sales kickoffs? Uh, you guys are the knock or the pro, depending on how you look at it. You guys at Forrester were really strategic. Why in the world were you covering sales kickoffs? And what I want to do is let you understand a little bit of perspective, again, more the inside baseball. When you're an analyst, and uh, at, at the time, it really depends. You might want to ask other analysts how many inquiries that they get, ask them questions about inquiries, uh, because that's really the, uh, one of the big driving forces of the research agenda. And at the time, uh, when we were at Forrester, our department, our group was maxed out on inquiries. We had inquiries, we, were, we had some of the, the highest inquiry loads of the entire company. And one of the, one of the trends that, that emerged was a lot of questions around sales kickoffs, interestingly enough. And I was very curious about it because the questions that we were getting asked were all over the place. So here we have same roles, from similar size companies uh, asking about the same topic from completely different ends of the spectrum. And for me, the one that character, characterized this to make it to a research, one of our research meetings to discuss what we're going to talk about was uh, one of the inquiries we got from Novell. And that particular individual had shared with me that they had done an audit and analysis of return on investment and that they got a negative return on investment of their sales kickoffs when they factored in all the travel time, the opportunity cost of lost sales time, the expense of all the glitz and glamour. And what they've decided, what they decided to do is to go to a completely virtual experience. And as a researcher, I try to resist my initial reaction, having been a salesperson my whole life, how in the world am I going to go and uh, have tequila shots with my peers? <laughs> um, yeah, I was wondering the same thing, or go-karting, or... Right. It, it, do, where, where, where am I going to get those, those interactions to build the culture? But then I just thought about it. And what we, what we did is we introduced this, the, this topic, and we assigned this topic to Brian to, uh, to carry out. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask Brian the first question which is how did you go about doing the research to figure out what our position might be on sales kickoffs? So we, because we have such a high volume back then, I, I had a, I was keeping records and, you know, uh, as any good salesperson, you want to be able to tailor uh, what you're doing and what you're saying and also build relationships with folks over time. So I basically went through uh, my records and found that indeed I had actually talked about sales kickoffs and, and help brainstorm sales kickoffs and come up with ideas, et cetera. Uh, so to move forward on, okay, what is uh, perhaps the challenge that folks are facing or, you know, to the big question of how much of a return are we getting? What I did was I engaged uh, through my relationships as an analyst uh, with uh, at least 10 companies, you know, companies like Cisco or HP, 
Informatica, Symantec, et cetera, and asked about, you know, uh, found found the, the folks that were involved in planning a sales kickoff and or executing the sales kickoff. So kind of on the supply chain side, if you will. And then um, I also talked to the individuals that were recipients of that that service. So sales managers and salespeople to try to get a 360 degree view of this experience that was being created. And to add to that experience, uh, one of the one of the traits is as a forester analyst, you're often, uh, at least I was often, and I know Brian, you, you went to several yourself, uh, asked to participate uh, and hired to speak at, at, at sales kickoffs. So we have the experience of being immersed in, in the situation as well. Now, just so, so you're following, I still have a little bit about the, the researcher in me. I hope you notice that there's a bias uh, at the point in time at Forrester, our research group was focused specifically on the tech industry. So uh, we didn't do a lot of research in other industries and other groups. So this is information that has a bias to the tech industry. But um, Brian, what, what were some of the things, what were some three level, uh, one, of the, one of the findings in that analysis that you had is there's really basically three types of goals of what a sales kickoff is about. Is, is that right? Yeah, that's right. And um, to get to those three goals, you know, wading through it all, you know, different expectations, different needs, different objectives for sales kickoffs. There's different time horizons. Some folks would plan for a year. Other people would plan for 30 days. And But where it all came together was basically three outcomes or three key objectives. The first one was as a sales organization or in support of the sales organization, we're going to help our sales team take a different tact or go in a different direction. Uh, that was one big area of focus. The second key uh, outcome or objective of a sales kickoff was uh, we need to get started. So we're going to initiate something new, uh, such as a new product, the new uh, focus from the executive team, et cetera. And then the third area was uh, we need to fine tune. Uh, we, we, we're doing well, but there's some things that we want to tweak, things that we need to uh, adjust as we uh, get in tune with our customers. So we're going to go in a completely different direction. We're going to, we're, is one. Uh, the second one was uh, we're going to take a first step and get people started on a path. And then the third one is we need to elevate or transform or, or fine tune uh, either the skills, the processes, the models, approaches, et cetera, of our existing team. Let me add some color to that because I got after this report, I was I started paying very attention, very close attention to the sales kickoffs that I was involved in and what my role was as, as a keynote speaker. So let me add some color to what Brian said. So the first example was what, Brian? Uh, the first one is, hey, we're, we're, we're calling an audible. We're making a hard right turn. We're going in a different direction. So the way that I've interpreted that is basically the business has a new strategy. So take for example, uh, NetApp uh, in you know the 2013 timeframe is oh my gosh we got to move to cloud. Or a lot of a lot of uh, tech companies move into a to a cloud based business. So CEO comes in, talks about their business strategy, aligns it, etc. And that's one element. Brian, what's number two? Uh, the second one is uh, we're going to help our sales team kind of get started on something. So in other words, we're going to ask them to start doing something new. So the way that I've interpreted that, and I think a lot of us can appreciate this, 
that's introducing challenger sale or some no, new new sales technique or uh, based on some of my experiences at uh, the Alexander Group and management consulting, rolling out a new coverage plan or 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 something like that. So we're going to go about uh, getting started. So you can kind of imagine what the flavor is there and what questions and the attitude of the sales force is in both of those buckets. Brian, what was number three? The third one was this idea of, uh, hey, sales team, uh, you guys are doing some great things. However, comma pause. Uh, we need to fine tune. So we need you to, to start doing some things specifically. Uh, we need you to stop doing some things specifically. And we need you to fill these gaps. What resonates with me there is having participated in uh, a few sales kickoffs on that one. Uh, immediately, I'm drawn to the readout of the head of sales who's sharing data about pipeline and forecasting and talking about how many, how much uh, of the multiple do we have in the forecast, and how much of uh, how much behind we are, and what we need to do to accomplish that, etc. So it's basically a, a a call to arms. We're behind on missing the number, or we're behind on some of our clarity, or we're not doing these particular things pretty well. And it's a uh, rallying of the troops and. Um, a very clear message is delivered about what we want to do to improve. Those, th that would be my color of, uh, of those three buckets. So Brian, my next question to you is, if, if we think about the goal for each one of those three things, what is the structure of a sales kickoff? So how do people structure these things? Um, are they all going to where Novell did and experiment with do delivering this all online or how do they use their time and, you know, are there breakout sessions, uh, curricula? What's the, what's, what's yeah. the structure? What does it look like? Well, what I, what I found back then, and I, and I believe it's still true today, given the conversations that I've had recently is first there's this choice of, of how much uh, in-person time do we want to have with the salespeople? So in other words, uh, when are the tequila shots and when do we need to have everybody show up uh, and, and how much, uh, you know, team building and how much quote unquote fun are we going to have uh, and how much time will that be allocated? If, if the question comes back that we don't need them to get together and we're not going to do that fun stuff, uh, it tends to go pretty quickly into something that's a little bit more remote because I think the bias has been that um, these kickoffs are, are about knowledge transfer or quote unquote you know, telling the troops. And so that's the first thing is how much face-to-face -face do we really think it needs to happen? If, if it goes on the other side where we need to have the face-to-face, -face, we want to look people in the eye, we want them to pause their activities for a minute, uh, take a step back and, and uh, get re-engaged, then it comes down to what's the best way to manage that in-person experience. Uh, and, and there's some, there's some you know, I think some cookie cutters there, which has to do with, you know, a group session at first and then some breakouts either by region or product, um, some knowledge transfer that needs to happen along the way. And then, you know, the kind of the, the lining up of uh, different internal groups who want to, uh, you know, have access to the sales team. So to add color to that. So my involvement in uh, sales kickoffs has been, you know, sort of all over the place. In some cases, I've been asked to be the whole facilitator of the whole thing uh, to keep everything together. Other cases, just show up and be pretty <laughs> and, and deliver the message. That's hard, that we that's want. hard for you, I know. Yeah, 
Very hard. It's, the tent requires a lot of makeup and, uh, and, and some props. Uh, deliver the message that we want you to do in this box and go away and shut up. So er, er, it, it tends to be all over the place. What I, what I do notice is that the composition of a, I, I ask a lot of questions about the agenda. Maybe it's because of the background of a, of a researcher, but I see uh, you know, a lot of breakouts that don't necessarily make sense. They don't, they don't, they don't map to the flow. So I'll give you an example. Uh, I was doing uh, one kickoff and I'm gonna not name the names of the companies because I don't wanna embarrass anybody, but the CEO was very insistent and very, very clear that we're entering into a brand new business model. We're selling to completely different buyers. And what was interesting was after the CEO left and everybody said, yep, we understand it, the conversations were all about how do you get better at targeting the existing people that they're selling to. More or less, the whole agenda from, from there, ranging from how do we have better, um, how do we prospect better to our current patch? How do we, uh, let's roll out new playbooks that we're gonna do and let's certify the salespeople on what those playbooks are. Let's introduce um, um, the, the new analytic program that, that we're rolling out. Let's, have, let's hear from marketing about the new lead generation process and how we're gonna go fill those things. And I'm listening and I'm participating in each one of those and taking notes and at no point in time did any of those acknowledge the fact that the CEO was asking them to sell to a completely new buyer, completely new. And so essentially what the result of that sales training program was, people thought they were doing the right thing, you know, checking the box, but all of it was in direct opposition of what the CEO's goals were. And I see that time and time and time again, because how are sales, how are sales agendas put together? So Brian, based on your research, how did you find sales agendas were put together? Uh, is there structure yeah. to it? Is there one person who has say in it? How do they get uh, set up to be focused on a business objective? Yeah, so that's a great question. And in, in the, to, to your story, Scott, this is interesting, right? Because it, it pans out or plays out almost every single time. You know, if you believe a sales kickoff is for communication purposes, that's going to set up a whole bias for the whole entire experience. However, if you look at a sales kickoff as a way in which to equip sellers to be successful uh, against the sales strategy, that's a whole other thing. So in this case, you know, hey, we need to sell to a completely different buyer. The pattern one would be, well, let's communicate all that stuff and, you know, make sure they, they understand it. So the what of it. Uh, in, in pattern number two, it's like, holy cow, we're going to sell to a new buyer. Uh, maybe we should equip sellers with actually how to do that. And, and either way, you're in a, a, a cross-functional definition or, or a cross-functional filtering of what that means. So on the communication side, we're going to communicate. You know, marketing would have a position about what to communicate, operations, analytics, uh, even compensation. Here's what we need to communicate to drive that behavior. On, on pattern two, which is now we're going to equip salespeople to actually go do it, uh, you're going to have a cross-functional lens there. And that, that's interesting because as a, somebody with an L&D background, you know, I would be in the space of, okay, well, let's role play these. Let's model this out. Heck, let's bring in, in, in one of these buyers and have them, you know, clearly explain the expectations of sellers as they interact. And these are these are more quote unquote behavior uh, type of elements that would be in pattern two, uh, and oftentimes you know that cross functional view 
uh, may may not uh, embrace that type of skill building through a you know a, a broad kickoff experience, and it, and it you know that's the battle. So that's 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 the 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 framing out to get to what's the agenda. You know there is no set agenda. You know from a consulting speak perspective, it's the it depends uh, on what you're trying to do and, and the type of salespeople that are in the room. So one of the things that I tend to bring up, so when looking at a sales agenda, I always imagine the experience of the reps first. And then secondly, I imagine, is that experience setting them up to be successful for what ultimately is expected of them? And when I talk with uh, sales enablement leaders or sales leaders about what their goals are, and what's the one thing that we would evaluate? How do we know whether this uh, sales kickoff is gonna be successful or not? That's a question that they don't wanna answer. It, it, it seems like um, that's just sort of stupid or superfluous or, you know, geez, we need to get them to do these things. Uh, but the reality is that when you overload salespeople with too much information, they walk away with nothing. Uh, and one of the things that I personally like to do is I like to test and do a lot of the things that, uh, you know, practice what I preach. And one of the reports based on this report that Brian did inspired me for how we were going to design one of our conferences. Um, the conferences that we got to run at Forrester, the first two, we, our, our department had a lot of say in it. In terms of the second one, I had pretty much total control over the agenda. And then over time, the events department uh, took, took control over, uh, over the agenda. That was a battle that uh, was not winnable. But the, the one that I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, don't you, Brian? Yeah, that's right, the HERO conference. That was awesome. So the hero conference uh, concept that we started, I guess, maps very closely to pattern number one. Uh, we want to introduce change. And in the hero conference, this was our second conference when we were at Forrester. So we uh, built our role and everything like that. And the, the goal was, how do we equip sales enablement leaders with the tools required to execute this strategically? Because as you're probably listening to this right now, if you're like, uh, the members that we had back then, oh, geez, that's too highfalutin or too theoretical or, or, or whatnot. It isn't. It just requires exposure to a new idea. So we wanted to spoon feed or baby step out what it would be required and give a story. So that was what we did is we created this theme of a hero. Uh, and the hero had an acronym. We're re research analysts, but we had this picture <laughs> of um, – uh, of, a, of a superstar and we basically said you guys are all the heroes in training and our acronym stood for the capabilities we thought strategic sales enablement leaders needed h for holistic e for engineered r for reality and o for ongoing operations so brian why don't you talk a little bit about um um how we went about doing that yeah um so you know, what are the, what are the ingredients here? And, you know, you guys would have to take our word for it, but we had great 
great feedback from everybody there, including vendors who were part of this experience to help sales enablement leaders, you know, be heroes. And uh, it was a f probably one of the best conferences that I've been a part of delivering. And, and actually the audience said it's, it's been the, you know, the best one that they've ever attended. But if you look at the components or the ingredients of success there, it goes back to the research, which was, you know, what's the single goal? And can we just have one goal? And I think, you know, this is the paradox of simplicity. Uh, you know, the single goal here is, you know, how do we equip sales enablement leaders with the tools to be strategic? That's the one goal. And, uh, but when you look at it, equipping, what does that mean? Who are sales enablement leaders and who are not? How would you define that? What do we mean by tools? Each one of those is open to interpretation depending on who's involved. So when you say creating an agenda to achieve that singular goal, then everybody has a role to play. And we use this connecting theme, this hero idea, which was indeed superheroes. We had a lot of that type of visualization, et cetera. It unified everybody so they felt like they were you know, part of something bigger. So it was, it was a very architected experience end to end. I think that's, that's a key aspect here because I, I did the same thing, Scott. I ran an end to end uh, sales kickoff for, for one of my clients after I left Forrester. And, and we did, we followed this, uh, this playbook, if you will. What's the single goal? What's the agenda to achieve that goal? Uh, what's the, the unifying theme? And then the last piece, which was how would we measure it? How would we know? And uh, that's a simple uh, concept that you followed. And when we built the Hero uh, Conference, I was a participant in, in the overall experience. And, uh, you know, the ability to have light bulbs go on, have people take something away and use it the next day, the follow-up conversations that went on for a year afterwards, you know, this gets to the, to the, the side of creating a lasting experience. And I think that's what salespeople appreciate. Yeah, so the, to, to that point, what's involved in, in building that out? You really have to know your, your subject matter. You can't, you can't fake it or you can't really outsource it. So what we, what we were able to do is for the acronym, I kicked it off and I provided very little research. I said, here's what we're seeing. Here's the call. Here's a construct that you're probably going to we knew people weren't going to like, but we wanted to lead with where we were taking them. And then we filled out a blank hero story. It was blank. And we gave it to everybody and said, what we want to do is help you fill this story out while you're here. Use your peers, use, use folks, et cetera. And then we, in, in order to do that, we used the keynote presentations to introduce different parts of it. So we had Mitch Little, He's the VP of sales. He was the VP of sales and applications and was approaching how his sales force is in a very holistic way. As a matter of fact, one of the things he shared with us at, at that event is he's done away with sales compensation, uh, went to all team compensation because it aligned to customers. And that was really radical. But when you, he told it in a holistic view, it made perfect sense. And it was very clear. If you tried to understand it just on the individual tactics, like you might learn in a, you know, a regular session, it wouldn't make any sense. Then the next person who shared was Ken Powell. Uh, Ken Powell now today actually works at a private equity firm creating uh, a, a lot of the things that he was sharing with us. And Ken Powell breaks things down and he looks at engineering and he, he really concentrates on what the key metrics are. 
If you don't have key metrics that you're looking for, it's going to be very hard to measure results. And again, if you broke each one down and tried to learn all the individual metrics that you did individually, it wouldn't make any sense. But when he told it in his overall story about how he was using it to drive strategic results, it made a heck of a lot of sense. Then the next person that spoke was Carol Sestella, and Carol had R. And what Carol is amazingly gifted at is capturing, getting beyond the data and capturing the stories of the sellers and bringing to life their, their, their plight. And the reason that I think that's so important is our salespeople in a lot of ways are like canaries in a coal mine. Uh, they're experiencing the changes that are happening in our buyers way quicker than, than any of us can understand. And if we don't have the skills or, or talent to be able to communicate what they're wrestling with, it makes the rest of the organization very hard and very difficult. So hearing that story and hearing Canary in a coal mine on a one-off basis might sound, eh, why would I do it? But if you hear Carol talk about it, it's amazing. And the discipline that she puts into stakeholder management and making sure that each message is delivered to each individual stakeholder in a very unique way, uh, the following the what's in it for me uh, element was, was really critical. And then the, the, when we got to O, we had Daniel West. And uh, I love Daniel West. He's got this really great uh, model for how he does and sets up sales enable. And he's done this now at Informatica. He started this at HP. I think that's where I met him uh, way back when he was at HP. Uh, he's been at salesforce.com and now he's, uh, now he's at Oracle. Still running this playbook and, and tweaking it, of course. And he's got this, uh, this metaphor about using industrialization uh, practices from the Industrial Revolution about how to set up and, and scale a sales enablement function. So you put all of these together, and then we had uh, we had you as sort of the the closer. And Brian, what was your what was your uh, presentation about? Yeah, mine was about using your your superpowers uh, to actually activate uh, all this stuff through people. So uh, the theme was, you know, kind of greatest American hero. What are the superpowers that you can use on a day to day basis to action this? And I was, you know, trying to bring a touch of levity to it, but also anchor this experience as something that could be uh, achievable, even if it might feel a little clumsy, might not come out fully polished, you know, that stuff's okay. It's about focusing on the outcome. So that was the overall story arc that we delivered in the keynote presentation. We gave the map of where we, where we were. The goal that we knew going into this because we'd been role playing it out with our, our members, we modeled it off of our more successful members. There's a journey uh, to go through, just like there's a journey that your sellers are going to need to go through. Uh, the journey that your sellers are going to need to go through on step number one is, hey, we have to sell to new different buyers. Well, what's that plot out that course? Make those your keynote sessions and then provide supporting material in the um, um, in the breakout, breakout sessions, in the breakout sessions and, and, and town halls. Create space for them to do exercises to show that they get it together. Create the environment uh, for, for folks to learn together. So that was the arc that we were doing. And each step along the way, we changed a little bit more about the environment. So we were also in control of the environment. We were in control of the music. We were in control of the sound. And each step along the way, we went from being less about Forrester and more about members, being less about, hey, listen to this gig, to more about what do you think the answer is? 
And by navigating that flow, a lot of the people walked away from there completely energized and we, we ended up manufacturing a lot of big strategic leaders out there that are, uh, you know, well-renowned in, in the industry today. And those, uh, a lot of those people today uh, had their first experiences with what sales enablement was at that particular conference. Uh, mapping that back forward to a sales kickoff, uh, you can navigate that particular story, that particular architecture and kind of control the story because you're going to know doggone well the human effect that, that, that people are going to have. Uh, so that, that's, been, uh, that's been my experience with that. Uh, and to Brian's point, we did get a lot of feedback uh, that was really positive. As a matter of fact, we had several of our members ask us how we put it together so that they could develop their own sales training curriculums or, or uh, not training curriculums, kickoffs following that same method. Um, so Brian, what were some of your takeaways uh, from this report? And uh, since then, what are your thoughts with regards to sales kickoffs? Yeah, so uh, the big thing that was, uh, we, we've hit on was this idea of having a specific objective and goal, et cetera. So, uh, you know, carrying that forward, how would, how would we do that? Uh, there are two key takeaways that I have. One is this idea of shifting uh, inside out to outside in right? and uh, helping people through that. So this idea of what does the customer expect? What type of conversations? How do we take more of an outside in lens as opposed to all the things that salespeople need to know? Uh, it's more about what do sellers need to be uh, successful around and how would we help them do it with an outside in lens? And if your uh, kickoff, for example, is about customers, maybe you should have them there or could have them there and make it more about the customer's reality. To get there, the second takeaway I have, and, and Scott, you and I have spent a lot of time on this over the years, it's this, this idea of from what to what. So uh, they're here now, we need them to go there. What's the, how would we clearly define the from what and, and clearly define the to what aspects so we can close that gap through an experience? So you've outlined some here, we're gonna talk less about Forrester and, and more about them and their success. That's a from what to what journey that can be architected through a series of the agenda items, for example, that's very tactical. But uh, you know, every hour the dial would get cranked to the to what state and how do you uh, manufacture that engineering that you know, uh, uh, experience. So that's, that's the two takeaways for me, outside in versus inside out and then the from what to what, uh, actually going in there and being a Sherpa of that from what to what experience over time. And I want to piggyback on the from what to what, because as simple as that sounds, a lot of people don't stick with it. Um, and it's, the, in my opinion, it's the most important thing. First, get clarity about where your sales force actually is. Uh, so, for example, uh, I participated in a kickoff uh, to introduce, actually led the whole, <laughs> the whole session uh, to help introduce a company that was focused on selling on-prem work to teach them how to sell to the cloud. And the thing that we knew is that the overwhelming majority of those sellers actually were selling to an infrastructure buyer and the buyer of these cloud services was actually going to be an application buyer. So none of these people in the audience had even met with who this, who this real buyer was. How do you get people to pay attention to that? You don't just tell them that. Who the heck are we? You have to create an environment or experience to help them self-discover. And then once they self-discover, help them through that, through that course. 
And what's interesting is plotting that out seems very reasonable to the, for, for us, but managing the expectations of the business unit owner who wanted to say, they need to know this, they need to know this, they need to know this. And we had to keep going back and saying, but they don't know that they, didn't, they, they need to know that yet. They don't know this yet because they have a perspective of reality. So getting, doing the work beforehand to really understand where your sellers are is critical because if you don't have that ability, then somewhere along the line, two weeks out, four weeks out, somebody's gonna get a lot of anxiety because they don't see their agenda or they don't see what, what they want to happen in the storyboard and they're gonna wanna push it through, forcing, and you might capitulate and force a change to, to the overall agenda, which puts at risk the overall objective in the first place. So that's, uh, that, that's one comment. Any, any, any feedback on that, Brian? Now, uh, we're running out of time, so that's, that's great, great feedback. I don't have any more, Scott. Okay, and then I want to just share one, one key thought of, of mine. If you've had the opportunity, if you participated in the um, founding meeting of the Sales Enablement Society or participated in the first conference of the Sales Enablement Society, both of those were architected. And I'll tell you, uh, the first one was a little bit easier because we had more control, but it was still difficult. A lot of people, when uh, folks are coming into Palm Beach, start to get anxious and they wanna see details and details and details. But when you're designing it to an experience and you don't know what the outcome is gonna be, you can't give them those details. And you can just reassure them that we'll get there because the agenda is forcing it to get there. It's you know standard learning one-on-one facilitation but bringing those things out to all of the people who are super anxious uh, about a result is challenging. And then when you go to the sales enablement, the first sales enablement um, uh, society conference was incredibly experiential. Uh, we broke a lot of rules. I think we should unpack that one, Brian, and let's include uh, Walter uh, uh, in, in that as well. But we really focused on making it an experience and a lot of discussion and a lot, a lot of open feedback. If you were there, you felt that energy and it, it created a lot of motivation. I, I think the, the, the goal is there's a way that you can architect this. There's, a, uh, there's an approach you need to follow, uh, but it's, it's, it's really challenging. I yeah. will say this, on all of the different goals, and I'll, I'll let you comment and say our last parts, parting shots, Brian, I will say this, in every single sales kick I've been, I've been involved with, I always have measurable goals that we can go back and review, and I can assign some sort of return on investment to it, both to the company uh, or, or to the sellers, and they're always tremendous, uh, tremendous accomplishments because of the discipline to focus on where people are and where you want to get to and that singular focus of what's the journey we want to take them on. Yeah. And being empathetic too. And saying, you know, when you start hearing the feedback, Hey, you know, I need more details. I need more details. Instead of discounting that as you pursue that objective, uh, maybe there's something simple that you can do. And one of the big, biggest things out of that conference, Scott, was that, you know, as you arrive, show up at this bar, we're going to network. And that decreased a lot of the anxiety for folks wondering what was going to happen when they showed up in the main room. And, and we had a positive energy 
and that was something simple and easy. And it, instead of discounting the, the, the angst that people might have around lack of detail, saying, okay, we understand that, here's what we can do about it. And I think meeting people halfway in times of change is critical. I and that's, totally that's, agree. Yeah, and that's my, my parting words of wisdom, if you will. And thanks so much uh, for listening, everybody. And as uh, Scott said, send us an email, send us stories at engage at insidesc.com. Keep uh, giving us those ideas. And as you can tell, we're, we're making fast improvements as we go. And eventually, uh, we, we will have other folks on this uh, to help us with this. And we want to hear from them, too. And, and I appreciate so much the uh, advice and dialogue along the way. And as always, Scott, I appreciate the time and, and great conversation today. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. To become an insider and amplify your journey, make sure you've subscribed to our show. If you have an idea for what Scott and Brian can cover in a future podcast or have a story to share, please email them at engage at insidese.com. You can also connect with them online by going to insidese.com, following them on Twitter, or sending them a LinkedIn request.